In leadership, there is always a transition period, uh, a stepping up moment where the leader assumes his or her position or calling and begins getting to work. And it's not always easy, though. Stepping into leadership, it, it can be tough. It can cause mental, emotional, spiritual stress. It can cause some people to say, you know, much like that SpongeBob meme of 2019, I, I'm a head out. And <laughs> that was a lame attempt to stay relevant. But today's guest is Gabe Garcia, and we talk about stepping into leadership and his experience with it. Uh, and I hope that this blesses you. Hey, what's up, guys? This is John Ryan Cantu, and this is Leading the Christian Leadership Podcast. What's up, everybody? God bless you, and welcome to another episode of Leading the Christian Leadership Podcast. I am your host, John Ryan Cantu. This is a show that brings you leadership tips from ministry leaders, business leaders, entrepreneurs, people who have been where you are, and people who have been where you are wanting to go. Uh, we bring them in for interviews, and we pick their brain and just get some insight from them. Uh, it's good to be with you today. I do want to mention before we get into today's interview that if you do not follow us on Facebook, please uh, find us there at Leading the Christian Leadership Podcast. We'd love to connect with you. We also just got an Instagram account, so you can find us on Instagram at Leading Podcast. We'd love to connect with you and just you know bring value to your life, good content as much as possible. Today's guest is Gabe Garcia, and he's a friend of mine here in Houston. He's been through much of what I've gone through in terms of leadership transition, um, and I, I do I do have to mention before we get into the show that the audio on this episode it doesn't sound bad, but it might sound different. I had some technical difficulties with my gear in the studio, so we had to record using the same mic, uh, which meant not being able to edit each individual track, and you might hear a little bit more room noise stuff like that, but it's not terrible. Uh, so without any further ado, let's go ahead and get into today's interview with Gabe Garcia. All right, Gabe. What's up, man? Thank you for uh, for joining me. How you doing, bro? Good, good. I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. Uh, I appreciate your patience, man. We had a little bit of technical difficulties. Uh, some some of my gears getting a little dated, <laughs> so we had to do a little work around here. Completely understand. Yeah. Um, well, man. Well, let's go ahead and get into it, man. I'm I'm excited to talk to you. I know we have a lot in common. Um, ministry-wise, um, but before we get too deep, can you tell us a little bit about you know who you are, maybe your Christian upbringing, um, I don't know, any major life moments, anything that you'd like to share? Yeah, sure. Um, uh, for anyone that doesn't know me, I'm Gabriel Garcia. Uh, most people call me Gabe. Uh, I was born and raised here in Houston, uh, lived here most of my life. The only time I didn't was when I went to school in San Antonio at Christ Missing College, which is which was LABR, Latin American Bible Institute. Um, I graduated from there, and I also graduated from Southwestern uh, Assemblies of God University uh, a couple of years ago. Now. I don't okay. even remember. <laughs> okay. But um, yeah, I got married a couple of years ago. Um, I've been married just this past October for two years. Okay. Nice. Um, to my uh, wife, Lajinska. Um Everybody always has trouble with her name. Lajinska. 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 It's a okay. Russian name, but she's Puerto Rican. Huh. Interesting. Um, okay. The story is that her mom saw it in a magazine and she liked it. And so 
and all of our sisters kind of have a name that's similar to that too. Lijinska. Is there like a shortened version that you people uh, call her? No, that was no. one of the, that she says that's the first question that everybody really? always asks her. Do you have a nickname? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> She's like, no, not really. Okay, <laughs> so it's Lijinska. Lijinska. Okay, yeah. that's cool. So we've been married for two years. Um, and her and I, we pastor our English service at our church, uh, Templo Manuel, our Emmanuel mm-hmm. church. We call mm-hmm. it in English. And we've been there for about two years as well. Okay. Um, I served as a youth pastor at my church previously for about seven years. Um, I I think I was the longest running youth pastor we've ever had. Yeah, that's, um, that's a while. I don't know too many youth pastors that last. There's a, there's high turnover in, in right. youth ministry yeah. for sure. Usually, I hear two years, three years, like max, and yeah. but, you know, partially probably because um, my pastors uh, are my parents. Yeah, and they're like, but well, you can stay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I also served uh, in the Texas Louisiana Hispanic District mm-hmm. um, a leadership for. As the assistant district youth director for about four years, I was a speed of light director for I don't know how long before mm-hmm. that. wasn't that long. Okay. Uh, what what is speed, speed of light for those who don't? Uh, speed of light is a student missions initiated program. It's how students can raise money for uh, missionaries across the world. And the organization Speed of Light provides resources like nice. uh, things for communication, for um, transportation. There's a whole motto. Creative yeah. communication. Uh, transportation and something else that I can't remember oh. at the moment. But, yeah, yeah, and so I did that for a little while, okay. and I also served as a assistant district youth director um, for about four years, and some various other roles as yeah. well. Um, a recent milestone, I guess, is I just turned thirty. Oh man, yeah, uh, me too, me too. This past <laughs> October, yeah, yeah, um, November. Okay, uh, okay, thirties so, club, yeah. Yeah, that's a, a, a people make a big deal about it. People have asked me, "How does it feel?" It's like I feel the same feel as I did at twenty nine. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You typically don't feel it overnight. It's it's uh, it's it's the process of you know process of being uh, aging. 30, yeah. Being uh, well, that's cool, man. I mean, we have a lot more in common. You, just just after hearing your your brief kind of bio there, um, obviously I went to Sagu as well. Um, you know, grew up. Under under leadership of, of my parents, who were pastors for 15 years. Uh, before that, my grand you know my grandparents, um, and so there's I have a long line of you know ministry uh, leaders and pastors, um, and it sounds like like you do as well. So that's kind of what we wanted to you know talk about today, um, dealing with that and and you know dealing with with uh, shifts in leadership. You know, maybe from one generation to the next, that that always kind of it, it's it, it can be messy sometimes, and and uh, so I, I kind of wanted to hear your experience. I mean, you've been in ministry uh, for a long time. Um, did did you ever? Ha- how, first of all, how long were your parents, or have your parents been pastors? My parents have been pastoring the church uh, for about. I want to get this right. Okay. <laughs> 35 wow. years, 35 years. Uh, my my grandmother is actually the founder of mm, our church okay. where we're at right now. And uh, I've had various family members uh, in ministry. Uh, my dad's dad, my grandfather on his side was a, a associate pastor mm-hmm. um, here in Houston. And uh, from what I understand from my mom's side of the family, we also have people that were involved in the Pentecostal movement uh, at the very beginning in Mexico, early 1900s. Oh, cool. So my family has been in ministry yeah. for a long time, on and off. And yeah. uh, I've seen a lot. You know, um, 
there's a lot of ministry. I think pretty much everyone in my family, like 90% of my family right now, all my cousins and everything are involved in ministry yeah. in some way, shape, or yeah. form. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. And it's, it's a privilege to be a part of something like that. Um, we don't we don't see, at least I don't see, as, as much longevity in, in uh, certain positions of ministry as I think we've seen in the past. Uh, you said your parents have pastored for you said thirty five years. Thirty five. Yeah, my grandpa was uh, he was he pastored for about thirty five years as well. My dad fifteen years. Um, now I'm starting to see pastors you know hang on for ten years tops you know, um, and then it's just like they're they're just done. They're I don't know they're they're tired. Um, I don't know if you've you've experienced that or seen that. I think I've seen it around. I I remember reading uh, some years back. I don't remember the name of the article, but talking about how pastoring is one of the most dangerous jobs in the yeah. world and it could be because there is a lot of persecution around the world but also because of the stress yeah. that comes from ministry and leading people yeah do you think that has gotten maybe uh, that stress has been heightened because of the the kind of information age or, or the, the social media age that we're in and maybe that's why i, I mean I, i've been trying to formulate my theories around why people aren't hanging on as long i definitely believe that could be uh, a, a reason um pastors and ministers trying to stretch themselves uh, over a wide range of areas mm-hmm. and and maybe just wearing themselves out on how much they're taking in as well. Right. And really not even taking care of themselves either. Yeah. You know, because I, I tend to see that that is a trend as well. There's yeah. a lot of... And I think that it could be the so, uh, like uh, social media information age and uh, as well as, um, you know, right now a big thing in our culture is the hustle. Mm-hmm. And so everybody wants to be doing something always bigger, better. Yeah, you know? definitely. And yeah. so I think that gets to pastors too. They want a bigger, better, bigger, better. Mm-hmm. And so they run themselves dry. And yeah. I could definitely see that as a reason why they don't last as long. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. A, it's, a, it's a curious thing that I've, I've been trying to kind of figure out that why behind it. And, you know, a lot of those reasons I think are, are pretty viable reasons why uh, pastors aren't lasting as long. Um or I mean, maybe, maybe it's not that they're not lasting as long. Um, maybe they just feel, you know, I'm not going to say every pastor who pastors, you know, five years, ten years, you know, they could come more. You know, uh, sometimes God deals with us in seasons and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I definitely think that, um, you know, growing up, I was always told, you know, our family we live in kind of like a glass house. You know, everyone's able to see, everyone's looking, yeah. and and now it's even more so because of of social media. You know. And everyone can express their opinions about someone else publicly and have a discussion about it publicly. And it's okay. And and um, that creates a lot of, you know, a, a lot definitely. of internal stress, definitely, for, for all, all leaders, not just pastors. Oh, but, yeah. Um, all right. So I want to kind of talk a little bit about your overall experience, You're just kind of serving with your parents. Um, you know, we're... You and your parents, me and my parents, you know, children and their parents, they're, they're part of two different generations. So they grew up slightly differently, uh, culturally, yeah. socially. Um, and so there's always going to be a little bit of a, you know, of a, of a bridge that needs that a gap, sorry, that needs right. to be bridged. Um, so what's kind of been your overall experience working with your, your parents? Uh, I think definitely one of the, the most difficult things that starts off with that I started off with or I've always struggled with is um, is 
trying to realize that you are your own person, um, being, especially being a, a pastor's kid, you tend to be the pastor's kid. Mm-hmm. Like when people talk, talk to, talk to, talk about you, yeah. you're the pastor's kid. You're introduced. Oh, this is my son. And so people always know you. Oh, uh, pa- you know, you're the pastor's son. This is the pastor's son. They don't even introduce you by your name. Mm-hmm. It's just like, this is who you are. Yeah, yeah. This is your identity. <laughs> and so you get kind of stuck under that shadow, yeah, you definitely. know, the, the shadow of what your parents have done and everything like that. And definitely that also transitions forward as you start to like, as myself, I've started to transition into my own ministry and what I'm doing. People want to expect that you're going to be like your parents. Mm -hmm. But even though, like you said, we're from different generations. So there's a whole different way we think and, you know, it shows. Yeah. Um, There are definitely pros and cons. Um, I think one of the pros is that uh, you tend to have a close relationship with family. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's easier to. Bar- b- there's no bartering the trust. It's yeah. already there because yeah. you already have that. But it also can be difficult because um, th- it can tend to be only uh, y- your relationship with family can tend to only be about ministry. Then, yeah, You're, that's all you're talking <laughs> about, and yeah. that's all that's ever going on. Like we we had a time at home when I was still living with my family uh, that. Dinners would only be about conversation about mm. what was going on at church, yeah. what we have to do, what you know, and it, it you need to it it, it it it's hard to make that break. It's like mm-hmm. okay, this is family time, not church time, not ministry yeah. time. Like yeah, and so it, working with family that can even get trickier. It yeah. can get more wrapped up in that, and any meeting is not just about hey, how are you doing? Like <laughs> what's going on? Rather than oh no, this has to happen at church. Yeah, yeah. I, I can definitely relate to that. Yeah. So did growing up, like, uh, did people ever say, oh, hey, you're going to be the next pastor? Like, did they, you know, all put that? Time. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay. All right. So uh, yeah, that happened to me all the time. I mean, it, I mean, pe- people would come up to me and say, they didn't hey, want that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They'd be like, hey, you're going to be the next pastor. And to me, I'm like, no, you're, you're prophylying, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, and so that kind of. That kind of created pressure, at least in me, that I, I didn't want so much so that I think I actually pushed away that that calling early on where, I don't know, maybe maybe had that not happened, maybe it would have kind of uh, been something that I embraced a little bit earlier on. And I'm not saying that I like delayed my calling or anything like that, but I, I think that had I, I had a little bit of pushback because people were telling me what my future was going to be. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I, I think that I, I definitely actively in my mind would run away from it Mm -hmm. um they tell me oh you're gonna be a pastor you're gonna be a ministry it's like what if i don't want that like you're 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 telling me what i'm supposed to do you're telling me what i i I want to do but i don't want that and so i did everything in my power to avoid wanting to be in ministry yeah you know seeing what my parents had gone through uh, not only that but just personal. It's like, I wanted to be other things. I wanted to be a teacher. I wanted to be a firefighter at one point. Cause that's what my dad was. And, okay. um, just anything that didn't have to do with ministry. <laughs> um, but you know, definitely when I had my like true, I would say true encounter with God, uh, that's when I, when I was like, Oh yeah, you know, I want to be in ministry. Do I want to be the next pastor still? No, mm-hmm. that's still not what yeah. I want to do. <laughs> but, 
people will constantly say it. And at that point, I was just like, no, I don't think you want me to be the next pastor because you don't know me. You yeah. think I'm oh, going to be like that, yes. but you don't know that. You yes. Know? You don't know that I'm going to be just like my mom or just like my dad. Right. I'm going to be my own person and I have my own calling, how God has called me and yeah. how I feel like he wants me to fulfill that. That's that's such an incredible point. You know, like, when people say that, they expect... Um, you know, they, they, they might, for my dad, you know, my dad's name is Juan. They might, they might have expected Juan 2.0, you know? Right. And, uh, the, so the very first, you know, caveat that I gave when I, when I, um, was, was voted as a pastor of the church, um, I got up on stage and I said, Hey, I just want everybody to know that, that, um, I'm not my dad. <laughs> I just kind of gave that, that, that caveat at first. Like I'm, yeah. I'm not my dad. I'm going to do things differently, um, than he did j- just like he did things differently from the previous pastor. Um, you know, but, but that's okay because God doesn't call us to be different versions of people. He calls us to be, you know, originals. Right. Yes. Uh, and, and so that, that's, uh, that's a really good point that people kind of expect. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, you're going to be just the next, you know, the you're next, going to be the next one. Yeah, the next and one. It's going to, everything's going to stay the same. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that's, and I think it's part, partially because people want the status quo. Mm-hmm. They want to be comfortable. They want things to stay the same. Yeah. And like any change in leadership, there is going to be change because yeah. there is, uh, as transition goes, no one has the same style of leadership, no matter how you were raised or right. what experiences you went through. Two people can be raised in the same environment and mm-hmm. come out completely different yeah, people, sure, sure. you know. And so, yeah, I definitely... And, and, to this day, still, occasionally, people will tell me, it's like, oh, you're going to be the next pastor. It's like, we'll see. <laughs> what God wants yeah. is what God wants. Not what I want, not what our pastor wants. Yeah. It's what God wants. Yeah. Uh, so what kind of change, did anything change specifically when you became uh, the English pastor? Because now you're kind of, you know, you're, you're maybe not the senior pastor, the lead pastor, but you're you're... You're, you're pastoring your own you know, right. flock, your own ministry there. Uh, what kind of changed uh, that, that made you say, okay, well maybe, maybe I want to give this pastoring thing uh, you know, a, a try? I, um, I felt like I was given that opportunity by my parents when it came to this. And, and it's something that uh, I feel like we needed for a long time because you know, there is a... There's a gap, you know, we live, our churches often cater to Hispanic peoples, but there is a, a change that's going on, you know, in the generation of millennials and Gen Z, there's a lot of our generation as Hispanics that don't speak English, uh, Spanish mm-hmm. as their primary language anymore. Right. And that is a, it's a, it's a culture shift. So I've, I've seen a lot of people that come and that sometimes they'll come with their parents, like teenagers or young adults, they'll come with their parents and they don't understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted to start this ministry as that. And I felt like my parents did give me the opportunity to do that. Um, and not only that, they also started to give me more freedom in terms of like, as a youth pastor, I was more as a structured, you had to do this, you had to do this, you have to follow certain things and you don't really... I feel like that can be the case. A lot of youth pastors might feel like Mm. they don't have a lot of say in what goes on in the church or what is happening. And what changed definitely from my role as youth pastor into turning into English pastors, I was given more responsibility in terms of like, you're more of an associate pastor now. So there's things that, you know, let's talk about how how we can change things, how Mm. we can move things along in the church as a whole, not just... English services. So that was a change. Yeah. Um, and 
uh, I think that it, it was definitely different, but it also helped me realize it, it is something that I, I, I like to do. I, mm-hmm. I do enjoy, uh, I enjoy pastoring. It's hard. It, you know, it's not easy. It's not an easy job, but it's, I love seeing people's lives change. I love seeing what we we might be able to affect and how we can affect people by the words we say, what we say on Sundays or what we talk in day-to-day relationships with people and leaders yeah. and everything. And so I know that God has definitely called me to be past, uh, a pastor. I don't know where <laughs> in the future, but um, if if he wants me to be there, I've I've given myself over to that to say, if this is where you'll have me, this mm-hmm. is where I will be. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, um, that's that's good. Um, now, talking a little bit about the actual transition uh, process for you, um, was there anything that I don't know was was kind of different for you? Like from from one one moment to to the next. Now you're kind of now now you're in a position of of, uh, of leadership uh, in, in the sense that you have a lot more. You know, responsibility. Uh, responsibility. You have a lot more say, kind of like you were, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. Now you're, you're, uh, you're uh, an associate pastor, so your your decisions carry a lot more weight, and so that kind of creates a lot, of maybe, of responsibility. Mm-hmm. At least it did for me. Um, yeah. When I when I started, you know, pastoring our English church, it, it was kind of up to me to, you know, to kind of run it how I wanted to uh, run it. Obviously, you know, we're still within the same umbrella of our entire ministry. Um, but I could, I could choose my, you know, my guest speakers, you know, the order of service, how, we, how are we going to do things? And, and so it, it felt like every decision that I made, um, it, it was, it was going to be, it was either all going to, it was going to follow me right. regardless. Right. And so when you're leading people who maybe you haven't, you weren't leading before, and now all of a sudden you're leading, it was that for me, it was a weird transition. I hope I'm explaining myself right. right. Um, for, for example, there was a lot of friends that I, I grew up with here at our church that I just grew up with them as my friends and they just knew me as, as, as Ryan. And now all of a sudden I'm, I'm their pastor. Um, I don't know if anything like that happened to you or now you're starting yeah, to yeah. pastor your, your friend, people who were your friends before. And I, I don't, that dynamic from friend to leader, how did you navigate through that? So I, I definitely have had that. And a lot of people that are currently like our our core team for our English service, they are friends. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, they are friends or they're, uh, some of them are even students that I pastored as a youth pastor. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I think that's a little easier because they're already like, oh, you know, you were my youth pastor. Now you're just my yes, pastor. Yes. Um, but for those that are friends, it's always it, that's always a, a weird territory to be in. People that I've grown up with and I, that I now I work with in ministry, and it's like how uh, you know you you can see you can see when they're treating you like your friend, yeah, a, a friend. It's yeah. like um, when it comes to ministry things and you're like having a meeting or something like that and they're more joking around yeah. rather than like <laughs> oh let's focus on what we're doing here it's like okay but this is not the same you know it's not the same anymore yeah. they might want it to be the same and you might want it to be the same but it, it does definitely feel weird mm-hmm. it, it's different and it takes I, I think it takes a lot of uh room and setting boundaries uh to say you know this is when 
we can be like more friends, yeah. our friend space. This is when we can have our, yeah. our space as friends, but this is when we're here, this is our space as, as in ministry. This is right. when we're working together, yes. you know, and, and honestly, I, I still am trying to figure out some mm-hmm. of that, you know, some of how to navigate that because I think that it, it's not, it's not bad. It's not a bad thing to have people that are your friends yeah. working with you. Yeah, Cause I mean, sure. even Jesus, uh, called the disciples his friends. You yeah. know, he told them, it's like, you're not just disciples. Mm-hmm. You're not just as your friends. And I think that is definitely speaks volumes to how we should work in ministry with relationships. But, um, there's also a time and a place and you have to kind of make that clear. Yeah. It's like on my days off, you know, we're just us. We're our friends. We don't have to talk about business. We don't have to talk about ministry, mm-hmm. but when we're at church, this is, this is what we need to do. Um, and it, it, it's it's weird. <laughs> it's just it's weird. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, it's a it's a different dynamic because you you introduce an entirely different a new dynamic yeah. to the to the relationship. Uh, you know, and for me, I never had. I don't think I had really issues with like my friends saying, "Oh, you you think you're." You know, you're better than me. You know? no. I've never had that. Like my, no, my no. friends are, they're my friends and they're still right. my friends. Right. Um, if they would have said something like that, then they probably were never really my friends. Oh, but yeah. so, I, yeah, I have really good friends. Um, I think more of it was just kind of for me, like, how do I, how do I do this? Like, how do I tell someone what to do? <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, how do I, how do I lead them? And, um, and so that was, it was kind of like a subconscious kind of internal battle for me. I, I think I've moved past that. I mean, I had, you know, now five years to kind of move past it, but it did at first kind of take a little bit of, of time and, and space. I kind of had to, um, retract a little bit. I wasn't at every single, you know, uh, social event because I, I wanted to kind of start, I wanted to start being seen more as, as, as a pastor, not just, right. you know, this dude, you know, who comes by the house every single day and we just yeah. chill, you know? <laughs> I think it's also important to, you know, have, and, and having friends is definitely important ministry. If you don't have friends, oh, I know yeah, ministry can be, can be very lonely. Yeah. But I think with that too, it's like you, I, I, I like what you said. It, stepping out of certain social environments just to kind of define that Mm -hmm. boundary. And I think I definitely did that, maybe not even consciously, Mm -hmm. but I kind of did that just to say like, you know, I can't always be there. Um, I I would like to, you know, for sure, but uh, I can't always be there because there are other priorities, other things that I need to take care of. And just, I want you to understand, like we're friends still, but when it, uh, it is weird trying to tell someone's like, oh, well, I want you to do this. Yeah. <laughs> and you're my friend. Yeah. Uh, but you're also my teammate, you know, and right. it, we're in this together. We're working towards something. And uh, at, at the very beginning, I think, like you said, it was really weird and it can feel weird sometimes. But um, when you get into it and when you when your teammates are to, like leaders and other leaders that are working with you or you're leading, they see what you're trying to do mm-hmm. and they see that they they can catch on to it too. And they'll begin to understand that yeah. too, that you're not just ditching them, you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for right. something else or you think you're better than them. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And this is such a, I think it's a really good conversation because it applies to all areas of leadership, not just ministry. Uh, you become, you know, you get a promotion. Now you're, now you're the boss to someone who was, you know, your fellow coworker and y'all talked about the boss, you know, all the time. And, <laughs> now and, they're talking about you. Now they're talking about you. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's, it's just a weird transition, but um, yeah, I think, yeah, I think you said it best, you know, just kind of creating boundaries and defining them and, and, uh, you know, 
don't, you're not a different person. You're just in a different place of leadership. Yeah. And, that, and that's, that's what place of life. Right. Yeah. And I think that's what, uh, needs to be, you know, just, just remembered there. Um, so yeah, great, great uh, discussion. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about, you know, what makes a leader, what, what you think makes a leader, you know, my experience in leadership has taught me that, you know, a position doesn't make a person mm-hmm. want to follow you, right? Just because you hold that position. So just because, okay, now I'm the pastor. Well, now you have to do what I say, right? Just now be, now that I'm the leader, I'm the boss, whatever, um, you have to do what I say. Um, that's not going to make people, you know, willingly want to follow you. And some right. of them might just ditch you. They might go somewhere else. They might just kind of resist a little bit. They might give you a hard time. Um, so what do you, what do you think makes... Uh, a good leader yeah de- definitely not position yeah it's like like you said um i in my experience leaders that try to lead by position especially in ministry especially in church arenas i think they forget that we don't pay people to be here and they can just leave yeah. <laughs> you know it's like uh, i don't get a paycheck from you i don't i don't have to be here if yeah. i don't if you think that you're going to win me over just because of who you are who your position is that's not going to work mm. you know as a leader i think a good leader is someone uh, someone who listens uh, to their people listens to their leadership um, i think john maxwell said uh, before you ask people for your their hand you need to get to their heart and they got to know who you are mm-hmm. as a person. Uh, and they're never going to do that. If you're just yelling out orders or thinking that people have to follow you now just because of your position, yeah. uh, it's gotta be someone who actually genuinely cares for them, yeah. genuinely listens to them. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, in, in terms of like leading a team, um, that what's also important as a leader is giving other team members a chance mm-hmm. to do what you've asked them to do. I think it's really tempting to like, oh, that's not how I wanted that to go. Yeah. So you want to get in or you want to be involved mm-hmm. or you want to have a say in everything. And but all that does is just give you no credibility as a leader because you yeah. said you told them, well, I'm, I want you to do this. I want, I want to give you the opportunity to do this, but then you're stepping in and taking control. Yeah. Uh, you have to give people the chance uh, to be able to take ownership sure. uh, of the vision of, that you're, you're trying to get them to mm-hmm. see. Yeah. You know? And that's, that's important too. You have to have a clear vision and a goal in mind because if you don't know what you're doing or you don't know where you're going, then no one's going to want to follow you right, because yeah. <laughs> you're not going anywhere. Yes. You're just wandering around. Right. Um, and you have to be able to do that. A a good leader knows their shortcomings and knows when to rely on other people Mm -hmm. and knows that they're not the center of attention, especially in ministry. It's about Jesus. It's about God. We are not the ones that are in charge here. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, you know, if, if we think it's about ourselves god can easily remove us yeah. and put somebody else yeah. there yeah someone else who sees the bigger picture and yeah. i think that's something we have to remind ourselves too as a leader we're not just a leader we're also a follower yeah and, definitely um and a good leader also has someone that they do follow <laughs> right know, they need a, a mentor yeah, a leader they need, needs a leader yeah. uh someone because otherwise 
you're answering to no one and that doesn't help. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. All that does is like, well, he just does whatever he wants and no one's in his life speaking into his life. Why yeah. do I want to follow them? Why do I want to follow him? Why do I want to follow her? Yeah. And it, it also doesn't help you evolve as, as a leader, right? And in society, society evolves, society, you know, gains more knowledge, gains more experience. And if you're just not, if you're not getting better, then you're doing yourself a disservice and, you know, the people that you're leading a disservice. That's definitely something that I've, I've been, has that God has been putting on my mind is that I started thinking, you know, I read books. I, I read a lot of books. Uh-huh. Um, that's one of the ways I grow, but um, I've also been, I have, 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 God has put on my heart that there needs to be more to that. Like um, not only should you be, you're reading on your own, but you should have a mentor, but you should also go out and learn new things. Like I've yeah. been wanting to uh, go out and say, hey, let me take some community college courses or something mm-hmm. on counseling or leadership or business. Or, yeah. Because there's a lot that I can learn that I can apply to where I'm at. Right. And if I'm not growing, then a, a good leader is someone who's constantly growing, constantly yes. trying to, like you said, evolving. And, right. Uh, adapting, yeah, definitely good. Otherwise, we stagnate, right? You know, as, yeah. as a leader, and we're just going to stay where we're at. Nothing's going to change. We're not going to change, and we will, we will end up falling into the 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 trap of being like, oh, I'm just going to do what the previous leader did. Yeah, you know, and we're just going to be the same all right. the time. Right? Yeah, yeah. Or 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 we're just going to do what we've always done. You what know, what, done. what I've been doing for the past however many years, we're just yeah. going to c- continue doing that. Um, yeah. Uh, I I, uh, I was having a conversation with someone who's he's 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 about my age, but he's a uh, he's a little old school and kind of in, in his in his thinking, and he doesn't have a he doesn't have a Facebook. I was I was I was telling him like, man, you never know anything because you you know you're not on social media, <laughs> and so he, he said, why do we need? Why? I mean, he's one of those like he, he's hilarious, man. He's he's a hilarious guy, but he's always like complaining about something like, why well, why do we always need? Why, why do we need Facebook? You know, Jesus didn't have Facebook. Our parents didn't have Facebook, and and uh, I, I, I told him, man, if we always did things the way that our parents did them, or if we always did things like the way that we did them in the past, we would never have a future to look forward to. Yeah, and uh, he was like, oh, man, checkmate. You got me. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's I mean, that's true. If we're always just kind of even even if it's not the past, even if it's the present, if we're always staying in the present, well, that present eventually becomes the past. And, right. and we never get to, you know, the next step. Um, yeah, that's definitely tricky when you're thinking about the present, staying in the present, because the present is constantly becoming the future. Yeah, you're right. And yeah. so you got to move day at a day right. in and day in, day in and day out. And I, you know, like your friend, when I um, when I, when social media started to become a thing, you know, I, I I realize the age difference when I've talked to some of the students in school. I say MySpace. What's MySpace? Like that's not a thing that they grew up with. Yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, but. Because of how I had been taught and I had been raised, I at some point as a as a youth leader was telling people, you know, no, MySpace, that's not a God thing. And I was preaching against uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. But like quickly I learned it's like, no, you know, that's 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 not right. Because if it's something that can help us connect with people, then it, it's a it should be a good thing. And yeah. it can be a good thing. Yeah. And so we have to keep learning, keep moving, keep adapting right. uh, to what's happening around us you know we don't want to stay in the past yeah definitely yeah and i'm my 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 point is not to go out and get a social media if you don't have one i'm gonna get a bunch of uh emails like hey why are you talking about me um no i'm just (laughs) my my point is my point is simply you know uh let's let's not be afraid to do things differently oh yes definitely continue to get better i agree 
Um, all right. So another question here. We're, we're seeing a lot more. I think we're seeing more churches being led by young pastors, um, which is, I, I think I, I'm, I'm proud. I'm proud of our generation. You know, uh, I know there's a lot to look at and kind of be, be disappointed with, but I think we have, I think we have a good um, generation of, of leaders that are, you know, making an impact. So we have that, um, but that obviously creates a little bit more tension uh, with people who watched those leaders grow up, right? So, you know, I, I, I pastor a church, which is, um, there's a lot of people my age, there's a lot of people younger than me, but there's also, you know, quite a bit of people that are, that are twice, you know, my age and they, they watched me grow up. And so that kind of creates a little bit of, of tension. Um, you know, I, I can, and and I try to understand them. I try to put myself in their shoes. Like what if someone half my age came in? So half my age would be someone who's about 15 years old and he came in and he started, you know, he started changing things and, and, uh, you know, he, he was my, he was my pastor. What would I, what would I, how would I respond to that? And, you know, in my mind, I'm like, ah, I think I'd be, I'd be okay with it, you know, if it's God's will and stuff like that. But I try to put myself in their, in their, in their shoes. Um, You'd want to be okay. With I would want to be okay with it. Yeah. But, you know, so obviously that kind of creates a little bit of tension. Um, how can young leaders, you know, kind of win those who are, you know, twice or even three times their age? What do you think? I think definitely uh, younger leaders have a habit of wanting to go into a place and especially places if they get end up getting a leadership that's been there for a while, a place that's been there for a while. They have a habit of it's like, all right, it's time to revamp yeah, you're everything. Right, you're right. Yeah. And that's not bad. Yeah. The intention behind it is not bad because I know that what they're trying to do and what I've tried to do through changing things is just try to appeal to a wider group of people, uh, people that we know, like our, our people our age that we know need Jesus. And we know that they're not going to want to come to mm-hmm. church mm-hmm. the way it is or, uh, or they, don't like, they don't like more traditional settings. Or, so we, we want to change things. And I, I've seen uh, younger pastors do that. They just run in and they start changing everything. And it doesn't always work out. Yeah. Um, and I think what we need to remember is that we need, it, it takes time. Change is a process. Mm-hmm. Change is, um, it's it not going to happen as fast as you want it to, yeah. especially in a place that's been around for a while. You know, I know all those churches out there that are like ours is almost 40, but I know that there are churches a hundred, yeah. more than a hundred years old. And I can only imagine what they go through mm-hmm. when the transition happens, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, my advice to those leaders would be, you know, take things in stride. You know, listen to the, to your people. Um, we want to change things, but there is going to be a certain limit to what people can take. You know, yeah. we we uh, when we started our English service, one of the things I wanted to do was I said, you know, we have a, a table out here that we usually put information and stuff. It's like, what if we put a coffee machine out there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Coffee. People yeah, want people coffee, coffee in the morning. People love coffee in the morning. And um, believe it or not, we had people complaining about it. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> it's, a, it's a small change to make. We didn't even, like, we left the table where it usually is, uh-huh. and then we just added a coffee machine. And people, uh, we had people complaining, just like, this is not, we don't, we don't need this here. Why do we need this here? This has nothing to do with church. And it's like, yeah, but we need you to stay awake during service. So, <laughs> Uh, but 
the funny thing is, is that it, it is such a small change, but we saw people little by little, not really pushing it on anybody or not really like forcing it on anyone. Little by little, some of the people that complained about it are now some of the people that use it the most. Oh, yeah. And um, so it starts off, I, I think we need to pace ourselves, uh, listen to the people around us. I think that a lot of times uh, our generation, millennials tend to think that tradition is bad. I don't think all tradition mm-hmm. is bad. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of good things that come from tradition. And so there, what we need to do is listen to the people, listen to our people and say, what's the heart behind this? What's the heart behind this tradition so that I can take that and carry that over Mm -hmm. into what we're doing that's that's new? That's good. So that that same thing that the people like about that isn't lost. Right. And they see that. And it's like, okay, you know, they're not just trying to change things to change things. Yeah. But they're keeping us in mind. They're, they're, we know that we don't always see things the same way. We know that we don't like the same things, but they're not ignoring us. Mm-hmm. You know, because I think that's a, a thing young, younger leaders can tend to do. It's like, I don't want to worry about the older people. I'm just worried about people my age or younger. Yeah. Um, but we definitely need to, to honor traditions. Yeah. See, see how we can bring uh, tradition in with, you know, modernity i don't know yeah 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 modernity yeah (laughs) yeah something like that (laughs) yeah yeah that's that's a good point i think a lot of people don't realize that uh people our age that we're growing up in our own traditions we don't realize it yet you know but we are we will see it (laughs) yeah we're gonna see it i mean and and i see it now um occasionally you know sometimes i like to jam you know old school 90s music (laughs) you know i i like I know all the words. Like I don't even know all the words of you know the songs that that are out there today. But like some of those old school '90s songs, I'm like, man, I'm, I'm jamming. And, and one day my daughter's gonna grow up. She's like, what the heck is this? You know? And, I, and I'm gonna, pro- I, I, pro- I see myself saying, you don't, you don't know good music. You know? <laughs> Your generation is Doesn't just garbage with the music. And, and uh, yeah, so I mean, we're we're kind of growing up, forming our own traditions. Uh, for the things that we, you know, we hang on to. And so uh, we have to be mindful, like you said, we have to be mindful of, of those traditions because traditions aren't bad. I mean, I think, you know, when you're, when you're holding on to something for the sake of just holding on to it, yeah. but it doesn't work anymore, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. then that's Definitely. when you change things. But um, don't, don't strip cherished traditions just for the sake of Change. You know, just change. Yeah, just yeah. You know, I change. think definitely that is, uh, uh, I think, an issue that we, we would I've seen and I've struggled with before uh, where my church has wanted to hold on to something that doesn't even work. It's not working. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we we and I, I, this is not for everybody, as I know that there are Sunday churches that have Sunday school and it works. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> it, it works for them. Um, we had Sunday school for many years and it, it just wasn't working. People mm-hmm. weren't coming. They weren't involved. And. We decided to to cancel, and right now we're working towards uh, implementing discipleship in through small groups instead of uh, during the week rather than on Sundays, and that's working for us. But there were people that wanted to hold on to Sunday school. Like I, I remember my mom saying that she was talking to someone that was like, "Well, why did we cancel Sunday school?" Uh, well, you know, we just needed, you know, there wasn't a lot of attendance. Well, we shouldn't have canceled. What well, did you go? No, but I mean, you didn't go, so you don't really have a thing. Like, why right. are you even complaining about right, it? Right. You weren't even there, but they just wanted to hold it on to something because it's like, well, we've always done it that mm-hmm. way, mm-hmm. and we we just need to be careful and evaluate things, you yeah. know. Um, 
Not like you said, not all traditions are bad. There are some things that are really good, and there are some things that we should not let go of. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Change is. You're gonna have people complain whether you change things or whether you don't change things right. because you're gonna have people who despise change and anything that you do. I mean, you so as much you know change the type of soap that you use in the restroom. I mean, why are you? What's wrong with the old, the other one, right? Um, but then if you never change anything, you're gonna have people who are like, man, let's let's change things up every now and then. I mean, we're doing the same thing. As, you as never always. win. <laughs> yeah, you never win. You never win. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's just it's just about you know asking yourself, hey, does this benefit um, the organization in our in our in our um, uh, in our case the church? You know, does this benefit the the the, the people of God here at our church? Um, and if it does, let's 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 move forward with it. You know, I think uh, a good illustration that I've always been told about, I always remember, is that. Um, they, there's a story. I don't even know if it's true or not. I've just been told the story no. how uh, a pastor got a new pastor came to a church and there was a piano on stage, but it was like in the most the worst place, place, an inconvenient place yeah. it could be in. And so he's like, "Well, I'm going to move it to the other side of the stage because that's that's like open. There's nothing yeah. there that uh, we can worry about." And so he did, but people complained, and so he had to move it back. Hmm. And so what he did ended up doing is over the course of the year he moved it like a couple of inches little by little across the stage and by the end of the year it was on the other side of the stage and nobody complained because they got used to it so it it does take time you know i would encourage leaders who are not seeing change to remember that it can happen it will happen it just maybe not all at once but it will happen and things will change and will improve and uh You'll be able to see the things you want to see. Yeah. Don't get discouraged because it will. It's just going to take some time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and, and I think time is is really the friend here. Um, I think taking time as well to build trust. Um, you know, so this this whole year um, was the first year that I you know, that I've been the, the lead pastor, and um, so we're we're looking to change our, our name uh, name of our church next year, um, as well as we're going to be bringing in some. We want to do some renovating and stuff like that. So we're going to be having a, a, a Vision Sunday, Vision 2020 Sunday, where we're going to talk about all of that. Um, and little by little this week, you know, not this week, this year, we kind of mentioned it. Hey, we're going to be, you know, we're going to be changing the name. A lot of the church already knows the name of the church. Um, but but I, 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 I could have done all of this at the beginning of the year and said, hey, I'm... You know, the new sheriff in town, uh, here's the new name of the church, and this is what we're doing. Uh, but I wanted to kind of take it a little bit s- slow just to kind of, you know, l- let it, let the change of me being the new pastor here, let that sink in a little mm-hmm. bit, you know, because there's one thing to, to have a new leader and then implement everything that new leader wants, right? right. So, so I kind of just let it soak a little bit. And now... Now I'm going to leash this 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 vision of hey this is what we're going to do I'm you know and, and telling people why I think is really important oh yeah you know not just because uh, you know just because we want to change things up you know uh, but there, there's a reason to everything that we that we want to do and if you give people the reason then they're more likely I won't say that they're always going going oh, to yeah. but they're more likely to to grasp onto to the vision yeah so yeah I think that's so important um, I think even. Even when you're not trying to change things, I've seen leadership where it's never explained why we're doing something. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so it's just like, well, just because. Right. And that's not a good enough reason to do anything, yeah. Yeah. really. Um, but it definitely helps to explain to people, this is why. 
you know, this is this is what the change is for. This is what we think it's going to accomplish. This is where it's going and where we think we're going yeah. and where we want to be. And so that helps people envision what you're trying to do. And um, that that is definitely a an important factor when it comes to transition and when it comes to changing things. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Uh, well, man, um, we're, we're about towards the end of the conversation here, but uh, what are you guys planning for, for 2020 or not, not what, but how, how are you guys planning for, for this new um, year? Speaking of change, we are, um, uh, we, we, we've been getting together with our teams this, uh, over the past month, just kind of thinking and talking over what do we want to see? What do we want to do? What has worked this year? Yeah. That's what, those are the questions that we always ask ourselves. Yeah. You know, what, what have we done this year? Uh, has it worked? Right. If it didn't work, what can we do better, or what can we uh, can we just drop that right. and try something new? Yes. Um, what what are our, we think about our strategies? What is our strategies going to look like? Are we going to just continue doing the same stuff, or how can we open up ourselves? Uh, one thing that we've been wanting to do, and we're going to be working on. Um, we want to be very involved in our community. Our church is situated right like in the middle of a neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like there's houses all around us and um, so we want to see how how can we be involved in our community? In what ways can we use our church space as a space that the community could be uh, be involved in. Mm-hmm. And we already have stuff going on, but we want to make it more open. Like we have a playground and kids from the neighborhood come and play in our playground. Like yeah. we don't tell them no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, we want to be able to, to make that better. To like, okay, if that's what's going on, how can we actually use that to our advantage to reach people in yeah. our community? And let them know we're here for them, not and not just so that they can know Jesus, but just to know that you know we want to love on them for the sake of loving them, yeah. showing them that we're there. And so that's something behind what we're doing. Um, and and even now we're also thinking about how what like refocusing uh, on our vision as well. It's like we've we've worked on this, and this was our goals, and this was our vision this mm-hmm. year. Uh, we wanted to do certain things. Not everything got accomplished. Yeah. Not everything ever gets yeah. accomplished, yeah. Yeah. you know, in life. But so how can we trim down? I think one thing that we tend to do, um, I, I always tend to do is like I go big mm. when it comes to goals. Mm. Okay. I set like 30 goals for a year <laughs> and I was like, oh, I didn't even get to half of those. <laughs> but yeah. so how can we trim that down? Or what are like three things that we can say, I know we can accomplish in 2020? Yeah. You know, so that's kind of the how. And so uh, how we're planning for it. And we want to get involved with local community organizations. We have some food banks and other things in our neighborhood that we're like, we want to reach out to and say, hey, how can we help Yeah. Uh, as a church? Because we have a lot of churches in our neighborhood too. But I don't, you know, not to... Uh, I'm not criticizing them or anything, but I don't ever see like how is our even that, even that reaching out to them and saying how as the church, yeah, no matter what denomination we are, how can we be involved in this community because we're neighbors here? How yeah. can we help? Mm-hmm. You know what uh, the people here? Yeah, and so yeah, we're 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 working towards that, and we just want to be able to create continue to work towards creating the space where people feel welcomed and not judged and yeah. they feel loved. Definitely okay. Well, awesome, man. Wow. I wish you guys, uh, your church, uh, a blessed, you know, prosperous 2020. Um, thank you. Y'all too. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, all right, man. Well, is there anything else that you just kind of want to maybe leave with us, um, with the audience? 
Um, I was thinking that, that over the course of this past year, there's been a lot uh, uh, that I have personally struggled with. Um, and one thing that um, I, I've struggled with the most is seeing, uh, we, you know, our English services, we're a small group. We, on a good Sunday, we're like 25 strong. Okay. And... I've struggled a lot throughout the year with seeing that and saying, oh, you know, I want to see more people. I want to see more people. And through some prayer and through encouragement of my wife, something that I've learned over this year is that, you know, that doesn't matter as much as growing numerically doesn't matter as much as how you're investing into people. Mm -hmm. And when you choose to invest in people and you choose to help them grow and fulfill the potential that God has given them in their lives naturally you're going to grow numerically because those people are going to say, this place has changed my life and I want other people to see the same thing. Yeah. You know, and it, it, it can always be a discouragement when you're not seeing what you want to see. You have goals, you have an idea of what you want to see. That's good. Yeah. But it's not happening, you know, but trusting in God and trusting and, and working in the moment that you're in, yeah. you know, every single day, uh, we always want to live in the future and, and see the things that we want already right yeah, now. Yeah. You know, I think that's a, just a result of the culture we live in, the sure. instant gratification yeah. culture we want. But uh, staying focused on what matters most and that's te- like helping people grow in Jesus and helping people see who Jesus is yeah. for those who don't know him. So, yeah. that, and that's what where we're, where we're going to go forward with this year in our church and where I want to go forward personally as well. Okay. Well, awesome, man. Well, thank you for sharing that. That's definitely, that's definitely very true. And, um, I think that, that, that'll encourage a lot of people because yeah, you're everything that you said there. Um, absolutely true. We want to, we want to live in the success that we're aiming for. Um, but there's a process, right? We got to we got to go through the process. So, all right, man. Well, how can people get in touch with you? I know that you recently launched like a like a YouTube channel, right? Yes, recently I did launch a YouTube channel. Nice. I'm still kind of working how to get into the flow of okay. that. Um, it's been something that I wanted to do for a while, yeah. but um, uh, there's a YouTube channel. Uh, all of my social media, if anybody wants to follow me, it's all at Gabe R Garcia. Uh, um, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I'm not consistent on where I post, <laughs> but yeah, just kind of I depends. am there. All right, you're there. I am there. I probably say Instagram and Twitter are my favorites. I'm on Facebook because yeah. everybody else is on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. you know. But I, I, I'm there as well, um, as well as uh, my email. Uh, if you want to email me, I don't know if you want. People still use that. Yeah. Uh, Gabe.r.garcia at gmail.com. I tried to do it without the dots. It was already taken. <laughs> <laughs> and I do have uh, to, 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 to put all together like stuff that I'm working on in terms of my own ministry uh, with the YouTube channel. And I'm also working on... Um, a book that I hope nice. to have come out next year. Um, I have a website that's gaybargarcia.com and that's where all of that is. Okay. I, I release a fairly regular blog okay. once a month and uh, uh, link to my YouTube channel and other stuff that I'm working on all is right. also there. So. Awesome. Cool. We'll have to get you back on after the book is released. I mean, I, I haven't shared this with anybody, but I've, I've, wor- I've been working on a book for... I don't know, four years, but like I always have, 
I'm always like invested in something like I'm, I'm, I'm reading something and I'm like sold out to this idea or topic. And so I'm like, all right, I'm going to write, I'm going to write on this. <laughs> and then, you know, a couple months go by and, and I, I get pretty deep in and you know, I write about 40 pages and I'm like, ah, I don't know, I'm not feeling this. Let me scratch it. And I write <laughs> on something else. So, I mean, uh, my goal as well is to, you know, um, have a book one day on, on, on just something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, that's definitely part of the writing process. Yes. Yeah. I guess, yeah. I guess so. <laughs> um, and I, you know, I don't want to, I also don't want to force it. I don't want to have a book, just have a book, but, yeah. um, there's, there's a lot of times where I'm really inspired and I just feel like, okay, I, I gotta, yeah, I, I gotta do that. it. So. I have probably like a dozen book <laughs> ideas in my notes. Yeah. Just like this could be something I could yeah, work on yeah. one day. Yeah. Uh, well, cool, man. Yeah, we'll definitely have you back on, you know, when, when that's, that's released and we'll talk a little bit about that. But, man, it's been a, an honor um, talking to you. Thank you once again. Thanks Thank for dealing you. with for having me. the technical difficulties today. Um, yeah, <laughs> I appreciate no you, man. All right, bro. Thank you very well, God much. God bless you, man. All right, that was my interview with Gabe Garcia. Definitely go out and check out his YouTube channel. Uh, great interview with him. Um, you know, the ultimate goal of this podcast is to always bring you good value and content, something that's going to bless your life, your ministry, your organization, your leadership. Um, so if it has brought you some kind of value, uh, please consider subscribing, leaving a rate, a review. That would really go a long way. Guys, we'll talk to you next time on Leading the Christian Leadership Podcast. God bless you.